Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد الشاكرين رب الفرحي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله يا برادات السيسترز ويكونتنو إن شاء الله تقايد لتفسير وصورة القلم This is uh, session number five this surah uh, We have uh, spoken at the beginning how this surah the reasons behind the revelation of this surah and the conditions uh, during which it was revealed. We said this is one of the earlier surahs. It uh, could be the second or the third or the fourth. There are different opinions. But uh, between Surah Al-Qalam Al-Muzzammal and Al-Muddathir, the subjects of these surahs are very uh, related. They are very uh, close to each other. So it, it does not really make that very much uh, difference in understanding the context of these ayats, whether we speak the Al-Qalam before Al-Muzzammil Al-Muddathir or we speak after. And the idea here is that Muhammad had just received the revelation. This is a new da'wah, this is a new Islam, this is a new deen. This is a new system, if you will, because the deen, in fact, does mean a system. There is a new, new ideas, new concepts. There is a shirk in Mecca, People are accustomed to worshiping more than one God. Uh, they are already accustomed to associate the name of a God to something that's an idol or a man or a human or uh, anything but the Creator. And within this type of environment, Muhammad وسلم, is given a message. He receives a revelation from Allah جل, indicating now from this time on, let the people know that Allah is the one and only one God to be worshipped. So that is the environment in which the surah is revealed. And as you could expect, or anyone would expect, there are some people who are threatened because of that. They don't like it. They think or they believe that this new deen, this new system is going to challenge their status quo. It's going to impact their current benefits, their ability to exploit others using their own religions and idea is no longer Unchallenged. Here is Muhammad وسلم, with the new deen is going to challenge them. So there is the Mukaddibin. And the Quran, this ayat talk about the Mukaddibin, those who deny Muhammad وسلم, the right to state his deen or his religion, the new religion. They say he's a liar. They put words against him as I spoke uh, in the earlier sessions. There is character assassination. We cannot speak against his ideas, we cannot challenge 
his concepts, we cannot talk about against the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal, because anyone who is in his right mind can easily tell that all of these gods around the Kaaba are not gods. That's very, very simple. So instead of uh, uh, challenging the ideas, they come and character assassinate the Prophet وسلم, or assassinate the character of Muhammad وسلم, they say he is a majnoon, he is crazy, he is insane. The moment you say someone is insane, then all responsibilities or all functionalities of that insane person cease to exist. You cannot hold anyone responsible or you cannot take anything valuable from someone if you claim he is insane. Even if somebody commits a murder or a crime, the moment you claim or prove that he is insane, he is no longer responsible for his act. So that's the main idea they came up with. Let's put that insanity character upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then try it. Here the Quran deals with this. That's the beginning of the surah where they say, uh, uh, where Allah says, Indeed, the fact that you have received a na'mah from Allah definitely you are not insane. And then the Quran comes and talks about the mukaddibin, you do not listen to them, do not obey them, and those who swear Allah, the humiliated, the aggressors, and الخير, the stoppers of good. We talked about that, and then Allah gave the example of the people of the garden. How they, the people of the garden who decided in the middle of the night or at the beginning of the night that they will not allow anyone to come to the garden and benefit from that and they will prevent all the skin, all the poor people not to be able to get any fruits or any vegetables or any food from the garden. And Allah says, okay, to their surprise, we have taken that garden all together. So now they have nothing. They have nothing. And this is... We, we talk about the relevance of this uh, example to the da'wah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And then comes the next part which we spoke about last time, where now the Qur'an, the style of the Qur'an, remember this is a new revelation, this is, the Qur'an is just being revealed, and Allah is providing this guidance to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa on how to tackle issues, how to deal with the people. So here the Qur'an started coming the, with these arguments. Uh, is it fair that we equate the Muslims with the criminals? We talked about that last time. And uh, then start saying, On what basis are you making your judgments? Bring me something. Or maybe you are reading a book, you have some literature. Let's, let's read it together. Let's see what evidence you have. In other words, let's challenge evidences. Let's not talk characters. Let's not talk, oh, this brother is, he's crazy, he's insane, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's talk about the ideas. Then you choose and select from this book whatever you want, just like those who make the laws. And I mentioned them. this is a very serious uh, uh, attack here. That don't always try to say, oh, this is my book. And I put in that book my own laws, my own concepts, my own values. Let's challenge those. Let's see what is the framework. Then it says, or maybe you have some covenants, you have some agreements with Allah or if you have some backdoor deals, if you say, or you know, don't talk to me, I know the boss, I can do something behind your back. Maybe you have something like this. Let's talk about it. 
أم لكم أيمان علينا بالغة إلى يوم القيامة تذيعوا جدًا إن لكم لما تحكمون you rule you judge the way you want it doesn't work like that and then it says sell them أيهم بذلك زعيم ask them find out who is in charge of all of these claims and that's where last time we stopped at this look every time you have a challenge someone is making bad claims against Islam. Someone is trying to stop the propagation of this Islam. Don't go and find those weak people who are irrelevant, who just talk. Go to the one who is in charge. Find me, he says, Find out who is the person on top of that. Az-Zaim, literally it says the one who makes the claim, but the one who makes the claim on behalf of others. Like, go and talk to Al-Walid bin Al-Mughiyah, he's the chief. Go and see Abu Jahl, Amr bin Hisham, he's the chief. Those guys, the other ones who don't believe, the simple disbelievers, forget about them. They are not the ones who are making difference. The one who makes a difference is the one on top, the one who is Zaim, is the leader. Sallum ayyuhum bidhalika Zaim. Find out the Zaim among them, because that is the one that should be your target. And that was even today, when you start thinking about all of these, the, the nonsense that goes against Islam. There is someone who built the video. We started the surah at the time of that video, the, the, the scandal against uh, Islam and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came out. Or try to find the producer, the actor, the actresses. People, that's not the Islamic approach. Find out the real, real generator behind that. It's not the one who produced the movie. It is someone who is benefiting from propagating these scandals or these accusations or slanders against Islam. There is some system behind that. Find the one who is in charge and target your statements and your, your, your challenge to the one who is really behind that. And for the surprise of many people, the ones who are behind that are not necessarily the ones who just make the, the video here and there. There is uh, politicians, there is policy makers, there are systems behind that. And there is no wonder that you see all of these things, they pop out like mushroom at the same time. There are stickers in New York, there is a movie in, uh, in, uh, coming from LA, there are the cartoons in different uh, French and European, all at the same time. So there is, there is an, a, a, a mover, if you will, someone behind that, and here the Quran is telling us, Salhum ayyuhum bidalika za'im. Find out the one who is in charge of all of this, and let's talk. Am lahum, am lahum shuraka, fadiyatu bi shurakaihim, in kamu sadiqin, and then, or maybe they have some partners or associates. This guy, the one who makes a movie, not by himself. He has some shuraka, he has some partners. Find me the partners. They have some allies, you know, sometimes we're big allies. NATO is my ally. Uh, Russia is an ally. Find the allies. Let's, let's, let's get to the bottom of, uh, to, to, the, to the depth of all this. Maybe they have some partners. Maybe they are talking to some others. Maybe they don't. But it's just putting all scenarios. See, the Quran here is becoming comprehensive in the way it deals with the issues. And that's the, the, the good thing about these starting surahs, to understand the method of the Qur'an in dealing with the issues. And now, 
Here comes the ayah that we did not talk about last time. What I have just said, we already, it's, all, it's all on the previous sessions. We have talked about that at length. We spent uh, some time on this. So tonight we'll start the, the last few ayah. This is still an offense, an attack, uh, a challenge to the kuffar, to the disbelievers, especially to the elites among them. It says, maybe now they still think they can make it. Nevertheless, you still tell them, give me your partners, let's talk about your books, let's talk about your evidences, and they can ignore all of that. And they, especially if they have the money and the wealth, as the earlier ayah says, and Canada mali because he has he has wealth and power of children and, and, and men, because of that, they may not even be willing to talk. They may not be willing to uh, to concede, if you will, to say, oh, maybe you have a point. And usually they don't. So here the Quran moves to the point, to the place where these people will not have an argument at all will not have an ability to, to judge, he goes all the way to the day of judgment. يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقِ يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقِ وَيُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ فَلَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ At the time, at the time, when they will be asked to bow down, and they wish they can, and they will not be able to. So now you ask them to bow down, to, to, to concede, to accept Muhammad وسلم, as a prophet and a messenger to accept Islam. And they can if they want to. But they don't want to. But then he says, okay, leave them to the day, to the day when things are going to be absolutely terrible for them. And tolerable. They cannot, they cannot bear it. It is so difficult for them. And then then they wish they wish they can bow down and accept but they will not be able to. They will be invited to make sujood. They will not be able to. It doesn't say they don't want to. Now, during this day, they don't want to. They are arrogant. There is arrogance. And the arrogance stops people from doing what is right. What stops someone from becoming, from following what's right is arrogance. You know what's right? But it's arrogance. And the, and the Sira talks about Abu Jahl and his arrogance. In fact, the Quran talked to him quite about him in many different places that he's the arrogant. Al Mustakbirun. Qal al Mala al-Ladina Stakbar. The Mala, those the chiefs who are Mustakbir, who are arrogant, who are hofty, they say such and such things. So arrogance, arrogance stops someone from following the truth. So in the day, in, in, in the dunya, in this life, they are asked to listen and to obey Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Islam. They said, no, 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 we don't want to. Why should we? Why should we follow Islam? Why should we allow Islam to be the ruling uh, in the land? Why should we allow the Sharia of Islam to, to prevail? Why should we? After all, we have our banks, we have our riba, we have our economic systems, and we can exploit the people right and left. We can. Uh, allow our wealth to grow on behalf of on the expense of your money with riba, with all types of stocks, etc. We can do all, all the things. We can produce uh, all types of diseases that go to Africa, that kills half of the, the continent of Africa, under the name of AIDS and so on. We can do all types of things. Why should we concede? We don't.
judgment. They would want to, but they can't. That's why it says فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ And the, the term here in Arabic يَوْمَ يُكْشَفُ عَنْ سَاقٍ A is this part of the, of the leg, from the, uh, the knee down. This is a saq. It's the trunk. It's the trunk of the body. It's the trunk of a tree. It's the trunk of something. That's what's called saq. And some, I, I mentioned last time, I said there is a controversy, controversy here in the tafsir when you go on. Some, there are some reports that says, oh, on that day of judgment, the trunk or the saq or the leg of Allah Azza wa Jal will be visible. But the, the ayah doesn't say the saq or the leg of Allah says a saq will be revealed. Yukshaf means revealed. A saq, let's say the trunk or the leg. A leg or a trunk will be revealed. So if you, if I'm just being very linguistic, saq means a leg, yukshaf means revealed. So a leg is revealed. But if I am being uh, a culturalistic, Culturalistic means I come from a culture to see the expressions because in cultures there are expressions and the expressions people use expressions in order to give some meanings. So let's see how the Arabs before the Quran what type of expression they used whenever they used this word sound. Like in Al Qurtubi, who is one of the biggest mufassirin who made this Al Jamal Ahkam al Quran tafsir the collection of the Ahkam of the Qur'an. He brings a couple of uh, uh, lines from the Arabic poetry and literature. Like one of them it says in Arabic, فَدَى الْحَرْبِ إِنْ عَبَّدَ الْحَرْبُ عَبَّهَا وَإِنْ تَكْشِفُ الْحَرْبُ عَنْسَا وَإِنْ شَمَّرَ عَنْسَا قِيهَا الْحَرْبُ شَمَّرَ السَّاقْ I'm just putting this in Arabic so before the record. So he says that the a person or a young man who is a fighter, if the war, if the war bites him, he will bite the war back. It's an expression. And if the war reveals its saq, the war reveals its leg, then he will reveal his. Now, of course, a war doesn't reveal a leg. It says, The harb reveals its saq. So it's an expression being that oh the war or the battle has become so fierce the battle has become so absolutely hot so there is no no no, no returning point it's you are inside everybody has his weapons the war is up all means of, of, of fight are there so now this is called shammara ansar or kashaf ansar the sap is revealed and the and the reason they use the, the Arabs, they use this word saq because they say when someone, especially those who wear the, uh, the thobe, the gallabiya, when they, when they are in the field, let's say if something uh, uh, serious happens, let's say your child is drowning in, in, in a well, or there's a wolf that's chasing your, uh, your sheep or camels, something dangerous. So you, you have to run, you have to make some serious effort, you pull out, you pull out the, the gown or the galabiyah so you can run. You cannot run with all the galabiyah going down to your feet. You will stumble and you will fall down. So you yakshifu ansab, so you pull this up in the galabiyah, the thaw, so you can run fast. So that's the expression, that's where it comes from. So here, the Quran is using expressions. And that is 
Another thing for the Arabs at the time, because part of the challenge for the Arabs is to repeat or to replicate the Quran. So the Quran is using expressions that they are accustomed to. That he is using their own expressions. He is putting it in the Quranic style, and they are telling them, "Okay, now can you replicate this Quran?" I'm not bringing expressions from Persian expressions or from America or from Europe. These are typical Arabic expressions. Come on and do something like this. So Yawma Yukshafu Ansafa, it's a very typical or uh, uh, core expression of the Arabs, but the Quran is using it in its own way, in its own term, and it is a challenge to the Arabs that they will not be able to repeat something like it. So it's a very strong expression, Yawma Yukshafu Ansafa. So when things become so absolutely terrible, things become very difficult, very tough, very rough, which is the day of judgment. And when everything is, is open, and Allah Azza wa Jal is calling the, the, uh, uh, all the things which are relevant to, the, to judging the people, as al-Nushrat, you have all the books are open, uh, the angels, and the Rabb and the angels, they will come all in different, in, in their orders. It is an amazing, uh, hilarious day. It's a day that's so hilarious that no one can can uh, uh, can stand still in his position unless he is supported by Allah Azza wa So on that day, he says, those people who are denying you, Ya Muhammad, those people who are standing against Islam, those who are trying to stop the propagation of this Islam, on that difficult day, they would wish that they can bow down and accept your message, but they can't. فَلَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ uh, uh, looks, their eyes will be looking down. They will not be able even to look up and to see what's happening. They are so humiliated. It is the humiliation, and this is this comes very handy when you know and we know that the kuffar, when they try to stop the propagation of Islam, they use all types of humiliating things. Just think of what's happening in Syria today. Right? They destroy the masjid. They kill the children. They kill the women. They rape. They not only they kill and they massacre, they want to put the people in such a humiliated, humiliated position so that people would surrender. So here Allah Azza wa is reversing this issue on the Day of Judgment. The humiliation will come down on these kuffar, will come down on those enemies, will come down on those challengers of Islam. خَاشِعَةً أَبْصَارُهُمْ تَرْحَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةً is against Rizzah. You know, Rizzah, humiliation. Rizzah, dignity and honor. Tarhaqum, Tarhaqum means they are beaten by their own humiliation. Sometimes, if the kuffar or the enemies, they want to humiliate me, and I am a believer in Allah Azza wa Jal, their attempt to humiliate me does not get me from inside. I don't lose it from inside. I continue to have my own dignity from inside. You can beat me, you can jail me, you can kill me, you can do you can do all types of things to break my zeal, to break my nafs, to break my momentum. And you can put me under all types of severe conditions. But that conditions, that villa which you put me in, does not make irhaq upon me, does not beat me up, does not consume me. Whereas the far now, on the day of judgment, here Allah is saying, 
not only they will have villa, but the villa will tarhaqum. Tarhaqum villa means will beat them up, will consume them from inside. So tarhaq means you are exhausted from a rahab. فَزَادُهُمْ رَهَقًا In Surah Al-Jinn says, وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِنَ الْإِنسِ يَعْرُضُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَزَادُهُمْ رَهَقًا There were men from among the ants who were trying to seek protection from those from the jinn. Then فَزَادُهُمْ رَهَقًا They increased their exhaustion. They exhausted them more and more. تَرْحَقُهُمْ means it exhausted. Their villa exhausted. It's not only you are the real, but you are the real with exhaustion. So you cannot even fight back. You cannot come back. So you are absolutely consumed. خَاشِعَةً أَبْصَارُهُمْ تَرْحَقُهُمْ ذِلَّةً وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ And they were asked to bow down and to make a sujood. They were asked to make sujood. Sometimes you say, oh, sujood just to bow down. A sujood is to submit to Allah Azza wa Jal. Our highest level of submission to Allah Azza wa Jal, we are making sujood down on the ground. So a sujood, here, even the word sujood at the time when prayer was not still even known. There was no prayer that has sujood at the time when the surah was revealed. But they were asked to concede, to submit to Allah Azza wa Jal. And given this expression of having sujood, they were asked to make sujood to Allah Azza wa Jal. means to submit to Allah Azza wa Jal and to accept His deity, accept His sovereignty, accept that Allah is the one and only God. And they were able to do that. Salimun, Salim means he is healthy. From the word Salim, Salim. Biqarbin Salim, a heart that is clean, that is pure. They were able, they were healthy. They were, uh, they have all what it takes to understand and rationalize. They had all the, 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 the reasons that the Prophet gave them to, to, uh, to accept Islam. Their minds, their brains were functioning. Their heart was functioning. Their body was functioning. They were salimim. They were absolutely healthy by all means. And then they were asked to make sujood to Allah Azza wa Jal and they, and they did not. Meaning, meaning here, there is a very interesting <laughs> implication that if someone is healthy, salim, salim means he doesn't have defects. If you don't have any defect, then you should be making sujood to Allah Azza wa Jal. Not making sujood, not conceding to Allah Azza wa Jal. Rejecting the prayer and the sujood and the submission to Allah Azza wa Jal means that you are not salim. Means that you have defect. So the, the, this notion, وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ When they were salimun, they didn't have the defects. They have all the ability. They were asked to bow down to Allah Azza wa Jal, and they refused. And they refused. So, and this is, of course, as the, our brother last time brought the word tahakkum, is making like sarcastic thing against them. Look, supposedly, supposedly you were sad. Supposedly you were okay. Supposedly you were Russian, Russian person. Supposedly you were a person of supposedly you were a person of reason. Supposedly your heart was clean. Supposedly your intentions were okay. Supposedly you were healthy in your mind, in your heart. Supposedly you were all of this, but you did not make sujood to Allah Azza wa Jal. That means you were not salim. That means all of this assumption is wrong. And now, now this is the time 
the real time you are not sane, you are not healthy, you are on the day of judgment, you don't have your capabilities, you don't have your brain under your control, you don't have any of these, you are already being judged against, so you will definitely not be able to make a sujood because now you are not a sane, you are not clean, you are not pure, you are not healthy, you are not rational, you are not reasonable, you are all of these, you don't have all these, in the same manner, you are not rational, you are not reasonable, and you are not healthy, your heart was not clean, it was not pure, all of this, even in the, during this life. So that is what I get from here, is aha, that that means those who reject this Islam, those who reject this dominance of Islam, they reject the notion of Islam being the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. Those who reject the notion that this deen of Allah Azza wa Jal is the one that should prevail. Those who reject the notion that Allah is the one and only one who should be worshipped. Those who reject that this system of Islam that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought is the best one for mankind, that means they are not Salimin. Although they look healthy to us, but they are not. Although they look to be, they, they claim they are the ones who are advanced or progressed, they are not. They are the ones who are mutakhallifun, who are backward. They are the ones who are not healthy. They are the ones who are not reasonable. They are the ones who are irrational. Not us. Not us, not the Muslims. Not the ones who believe. وَقَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ فَذَرْنِي وَمَنْ يُكَذِّبُ بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ Now comes this big statement, which has been repeated in many sources. ذَرْنِي وَمَنْ يُكَذِّبُ بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ Let me deal with those who deny this, these statements. هذا الحديث, this statement. What I'm saying, what Allah Azza wa Jal is saying. Allah is saying many things. Allah is saying, سَنْهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ بِذَلِكَ زَمِينَ Ask them who is there in, in charge of their affairs. أَمْ لَكُمْ كِتَابٌ فِي تَدْرُسُونَ Show me your book. Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who is saying they will be asked to bow down and they will not be able to even if they want to. This is the Quran. Allah Azza wa Jal is saying, يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُزَّمِّلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّثَّةِ تَقْرَأْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقْ This is the Quran and there are people who are denying them. And there are people who are trying to stop you. There are people who want to say, يَا مُحَمَّدْ You are not allowed to come in the Kaaba and convey your message. By the same token, there are many people today who are telling you and you and you and you that you pray in the masjid, but you go out of the masjid, prayer has nothing to do with life. You cannot extend your prayer, your Islam, to outside the masjid. You cannot extend your Islam to the, dom to the domain of economy, or financial systems, or social systems, or political system. In the politics, we have democracy. In the economy, we have capitalism. In the uh, statehood, we have nationalism. In the bonds between people, we have patriotism, not deen. People should not bond based on brotherhood. They should bond based on the land they live on. They live on. They have all of these, and they want to deny you the right to do otherwise. But you can do nothing. They are the ones with power. They are the ones with the money. They are the ones with the wealth. They are the ones with the strength. They are the ones with the nucleus. They are the ones with the, with the oil, with the gas, with all of this. They have all the power. What can you do, Ya Muhammad? You are Muhammad وسلم, You cannot even face Abu Jahl or Al-Walid bin Mughira or Akhlas bin Shurayim. They, if you face them yourself, they are going to knock down your, your, your companions. Bilal, Yasser, Ammar, Sumayya, they knock them down. What is it that you are going to do? You can do nothing. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is beyond your ability even to think what can be done. Here Allah azza wa jal comes and says, Allow me, I will deal with them. Dharni, this word, dharni, let me deal with them. Dharni, wa man yukadibu bihada al-hadith. Let me 
deal? This is a threat from Allah Azza wa Jal. Look, if sometimes you come and say, you are abusing me, you are exploiting me, you are doing this, here is I'm going to bring a brother, a stronger brother. He's going to deal with you. Big muscles, strong, macho, seven degrees, black belt, etc. I'm bringing the guy who's going to take, take care of you. You are going to run away. And this is a, a person. Allah Azza wa Jal here. He says, it's not a seven degree black belt. It is not a muscular guy. It's not a nuclear weapons. It's not the NATO. It's not the US of, or United States of America. It's not Britain. It's not Russia. It's not China. It's Allah. Like in Syria, Bashar is, oh, okay, Russians are coming to deal. The Iranians are coming to, to help. Uh, China is sending the support to deal with this. What can we do? What can those children, those, those innocent children do? Or the people who have no weapons or very small weapons, what can they do? Ah, Allah Azza wa Jal, at that time, is reminding us, hadith. when you are so weak, you are so oppressed. You want someone with big strength to stand behind you. And this is Allah Azza wa Jal. And by the way, this is the fourth surah in the Quran. The first four surahs, for sure, irrespective of the order, Iqra, Iqra, Al-Muddathir, Al-Muzzammil, Al-Qalam. And those four surahs, right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal used the same term, Dharni, in three places. In three places used the same term, Dharni, like in Surah Al-Muddathir, he says, Dharni wa ulil ni'ma, in Surah Al-Muzzammil, Dharni wa ulil ni'mati wa mahinhum, let me deal with those who think they have power. Ulil-Ni'ma means the ones who put power. Dharni. In Surah Al-Muddathir, it says, Dharni, Waman Yukadd. No, this is Dharni, Waman Yukadd. What did he say in Surah Al-Muddathir? Ah, Dharni, Waman Kharaktu Wahida. Dharni, Waman Kharaktu Wahida, Waja'altu Lahu Mala Al-Mamdu. Let me deal with this guy who has lots of money. And lots of children. Because that was the guy, Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, who was opposing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the most. So here Allah Azza wa Jal in Surah Al-Muddathir says, Dharni wa Marqadr, use the word Dharni, let me deal with him. In Surah Al-Muzzammil, he talks about them, Dharni wa Marqadr, wa Al-Mukadribina wa Al-Ni'ma. Those deniers. Again, in Surah Al-Qalam, so using the same word, the same term, as a threat, that's a big comfort. Big comfort to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba, the weak, the oppressed, the, the ones who don't have any power, here Allah Azza wa Jal, on their behalf, He says, let me take care of this. What a comfort. Today, when I am struggling, as a Muslim, as a da'i, as part of the Ummah, we are struggling to bring this Islam back. And I look around that I'm the one who doesn't have the power. We are the weak ones. We are the oppressed ones. Locally in the Muslim world, you will have governments and rulers who are agents, who are corrupt, who, who, have, who have utilized all the strength 
like Bashar, he has been, or the Syria has been accumulating armies for the last 30 years, they did not shoot a bullet against their enemies who occupy the Golden Heights. They are killing their own people. So the people are oppressed, they are weak. They can do nothing. And in the last 50 or 60 years, millions of Muslims, they were either in jail or kidnapped. Look at the Muslims in Myanmar. They are being changed from Burma, and then Bangladesh they are returning them and allowing them an easy target to the, to the, uh, uh, the Burman authorities. Look at the Muslims in Afghanistan, look at the Muslims in Pakistan, look at the Muslims in Somalia, look, look. They are the oppressed ones. So we really need this type of statement to stand behind back, my, behind my back. Let Allah Azza wa If I know for a second that I am in the, in the, on the same footsteps, on the same steps of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on the same footstep of Bilal, on the same footsteps of Suhail, on the same footsteps of Ammar and, 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 uh, and Yasser and Sumayya, and all of these who were with the Prophet if I know that I am on their footsteps, I am on the same path they were on, then I would know that Allah is the one who is saying, Let me deal with them. And then that would be a great comfort for me. That would be the greatest comfort for me that Allah is the one who is behind my back. He will take care of Bashar. He's beyond Bashar. He's beyond Al Maliki of Iraq. He's beyond the, the oppressors in, in Yemen, the oppressors in Saudi Arabia, the oppressors in Qatar, in Emirat, in Jordan, in, in, in all of these. He's beyond the oppressors of the world. He's beyond Pharaoh. He's beyond the ability of Pharaoh to come down and to crack down on Bani Israel at the time. At that time, it's beyond all this. Let me deal with them. And as I said, Surah Iqra, Allah made the same statement but with using different term, where he said, before, before that, we will, Allah says, we will hit the highest of their elites. The highest of their elite, al-Nasiya, al-Nasiya is the forehead, is this part of the head. So al-Nasiya of the body is this forehead. For the tribe, al-Nasiya for the tribe is their chief. There Allah says, we will hit, that means Allah will, we will take care of their highest elite, and nasiya of them, we will definitely strike against their nasiya, their leader. That is a big comfort to Muhammad Muhammad is not shooting any bullet, he is not raising any sword, he is not hitting anyone, he is not killing anyone, Allah is taking care of them. That is a great comfort, and this ayah, and the surah repeats the same thing, and that's needed. At the beginning of the da'wah, the da'wah is grown, as I mentioned in the methodology of understanding, you need this kind of understanding. You have to understand that you cannot function with your own forces alone. You have to function knowing that the force of Allah is behind you. Because if you function, if you think you will make it on your own with your limited forces, you are wrong. You cannot do it. You, even Leave alone the struggle for the, the revival of Islam. 
even in pure technology, pure progress, when I know that, in, take the Muslim world, the most backward in the whole world are some of the Muslim world countries in terms of technology, in terms of science. What can you do? You cannot compete. So if you think that you are going to compete with your forces alone, you will always be behind. You will always be behind. You cannot even think that you have a chance because you are already surpassed by so many steps in technology, in economy, in finances, in all, all of these aspects. Then you just regret it and say, okay, I give up. But if you proceed on a path knowing that with you, along with you, behind your back, with you, with your support is Allah Azza with the unlimited power, with unlimited power, then you can proceed. It's not that you say, okay, because Allah Azza is on my side, then I don't do anything. No, that's not, that's not the take of it. The take is knowing that I have an extraordinary power with me, therefore I will proceed with full strength. I'm not afraid, I'm not going to give up, and I can do it, and I can make it. Why? Because I'm not working with my power alone, Allah Azza wa is with me. So here Allah Azza wa is with them. I will take care of them. I will, I will do it to them in a manner that they will not recognize it. Layalamun means that they cannot recognize it. Allah Azza wa Jal, the way he the way his acts in this world function, you cannot predict it. You cannot you can predict my acts, you can predict my plans. Because I plan the way you plan. But Allah Azza wa his plan is different. He has absolute knowledge. He knows things that you don't know. He knows things that he makes sure that you don't know. And therefore he uses this word, لا يعلمون We will take them, we will strike against them in the manner that they will not be aware of. They cannot predict it. They do not know it. لا يعلمون means they don't have knowledge of it. من حيث لا يعلمون And that is Again, another type of comfort because sometimes you say, you know, how is it that we are going to make it? Let's say in Syria, these guys they know a lot and they can beat us in homes, they can strike us with their airplanes. They have, all, they have it all. But I say, if, if Allah is on your back, then their knowledge of Allah's plan is limited or is null. They can plan against you. But when Allah is in the picture, how could they plan against Allah And in fact, that's what he says. Umli means I give them some time. But my kayd, kayd is the plan. Because the Quran uses, They make plans. They plan. And Allah makes the plan. But here he says, means absolutely tight, it cannot be broken. My plan is so well devised, nothing can go wrong. You know, sometimes you make plans, you make your schemas, you make all these, but something can go wrong. So it's not metian. So when you say, uh, we have, we used to have a brother here, his name is Matin or Abdul Matin. And Matin is from the names of Allah Azza wa Matin is the one whose plans can never go wrong. It's absolutely tight by all means. It doesn't have any flaws. It doesn't have any defects. So Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and telling us, look, don't worry. 
مايكل از نوت هير مايكل ماي بلان از ابسولوتلي ويل ابسولوتلي ورك ذير از نو ديفكت ان ماي بلان وات سو ايفر اند ذيرفور دونت ايفن راش ثينجز دونت راش ثينجز اند ذن كامينج باك سو تراين تو اجين ذا ستايل اوف ذا قران كامز باك ام تسالهم اجرا فهم من مغرم مثقلون Or maybe they are not, they are denying you and they are not accepting it. Maybe you are asking them some money. And this is, of course, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam does not ask money. But that's an indication. It's an indication that every other system, every other system, every other so-called being has a cost. Even if you follow, even if you follow willingly, voluntarily, there is a cost. You have to pay. And here he's saying, look, you are not even asking them anything, and you are, and they are, they are denying, they are stopping against this Islam. Today, when so-called, sometimes they, I like this notion, they attack us, they attack Islam about jihad, about fighting, uh, because Islam has jihad and fights, etc., which it did. But today, there are fights. In the recent history, The United States fought war in Vietnam against socialism and communism, fought Korea, fought Japan, Europe fought each other. There were wars. But those wars, to propagate certain ideas or to impose certain ideas, and then the people, eventually, the people have to pay a big price. They have to pay. Like the cost of living under capitalism or democracy, you lose your wealth, you lose your dignity, you lose the money. You lose uh, when the World Bank comes in, in in any place, and this is this is not sidetracking, but this is this is part of this whole thing. The World Bank comes in, says, Oh, we are coming to help. This is our deal. The deal of economy, the deal of capitalism. This World Bank comes in, then 10-15 years after that, you are absolutely bankrupt. Countries, Pakistan is bankrupt. Absolutely bankrupt. Pakistan cannot live without loans today. Without the IMF and World Bank loans for more than six months, six months without the loans, Pakistan will declare bankruptcy. In Latin America, more than 50 states—Chile, Argentina, Peru—all of these—they cannot live more than four months without the World Bank loans. This is Maghreb, and Maghreb, this ISIS and Maghreb is a loan that puts you in great debt that you cannot pay back. And that's why in the zakat, the ayah zakat says, where are they, you pay zakat to whom? إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ الْفُقْرَاءِ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ And what with الْغَارِمِينَ الْغَارِمْ الْغَارِمْ is the one who is so heavily indebted that he cannot get out of his debt. This maghram. So here it says, أَمْ تَسْأَلُهُمْ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا فَهُمْ مِنْ مَغْرَمٍ مُفْقَلُونَ Or is it that you are asking them to pay some money, you are put, putting some price, a burden on their shoulder, so they will be indebted, so they will be indebted heavily, maghram, heavily indebted to you. In fact, the word muthqal says heavily. Maghram and muthqal, they will be so heavily indebted that they cannot function. Maybe they are afraid that you are going to do that. And at the same time, when it is they are the ones who They are the ones who put the people in debt. They are the ones who put burden upon the, the, the shoulders of the people with World Bank, with IMF, with, with the riba, with usually, with all types of things. Even at the time of Mecca, usually was the biggest 
type of limb that they put on the shoulders of people to the extent, to the extent that someone would take a loan and is now will not be able to pay back the interest or the riba, then he will give up his wife or his children or his daughter. And this was riba was one of the biggest sources of slavery. Because sometimes they would say, well, show me where Islam said slavery is haram. Islam doesn't have to say slavery is haram. Islam would have to say that it will stop the thing that causes slavery. Like words for money and wealth, like riba, that allows people to be enslaved to one another. So that is the type of things that here the Quran is addressing. Or is it that you are asking them to pay money? Or is it that you are going to burden them with money so that you will indebt them? It is, in fact, this is an indirect offense. It's indirect offense against their system because they are the ones who are doing that. Because here, of course, Muhammad is, is not doing it. Then why is he asking it? Why is he putting it here? It's just to show that they are denying you the right to propagate. Islam is the one that can relieve them from the debt that they are indebting people with. So that's how you get you, you get it sometimes. Oh, you are not asking them the any price. Okay, then proceed. No, it doesn't work like that. That those are the first ayat revealed to Muhammad sallallahu Those are making a big hit. There is a big strike. That your deen, your Islam is not the one that is indebting people, it is their system that's indebting. It's their system that's putting people in debt. It's their system, their deen, their religion, their shirk, their corruption, all of this is putting the burden upon the shoulders of the people. So they should be ashamed of themselves when they deny you this, the right to propagate Islam. Or maybe they have the knowledge of the ghayr. In fact, some of the Mufassirin, they say, means they make judgments. They make judgments right and left as if they were gods. Because the one who has al ghayb is the God. Here he doesn't say they are gods. Who's Alam al Ghayb wa Shahada? Who knows Al Ghayb? Al Ghayb means the, the absent, the one who beyond our our scope of life. Who knows that? But Allah Azza wa So he says, maybe this guy is there play as a god. Or do I think they are gods? You know, remember last time, one of the sessions I said, elections and putting people who are writing laws, actually you are installing gods. It's not, you are, you are not installing representatives. The word representative is, is, is a bad and inadequate expression of defining what these are. These are, you are installing gods. And here Allah Azza wa is using this term one more time, Maybe they have the, their own al ghayb And who owns al ghayb Allah Azza wa Jal, they are God. The one who knows al ghayb is God. Or do they think that they have al ghayb Do they think that they are gods? Do they think that they play the role of a God? Or is it that they are playing the role of a God and then they write whatever they want? Fahum yaktubun. We will pass a legislation. And we will give this legislation to the Congress or to the Parliament. 51 person, they say, yeah. The other say, nay. Or then it's a law. It becomes a law. Alcohol. At one point of time, 
the majority of the companies say no alcohol. Okay, alcohol is prohibited. No, no alcohol. Then years later they say, oh, we suffer from drought. They call it the drought time. Drought. They, they become dry because of the uh, no alcohol. Okay, pass it one more time, legislation to the Congress. Congress say, okay, alcohol is bad. Okay, alcohol is legal now. يكتبون أم عندهم الغيب فهم يكتبون they write things right and left out of a sudden they would say okay everyone who claims Islam to be a deen of Allah عز وجل and wants to propagate Islam this must be a terrorist terrorists don't fight them this is a law passing or there is a law anyone who is suspect for to be who has a threat to the security tape his or tap his phone and his emails, etc. Spy on him. It's a law. It becomes a law. Yaktubu. They write a law. You pass a river. You come to a state or a place, you say we have to legislate for the, oh, the, the, the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve Bank, by the way, it's, it's not federal. It's anything but federal. It's a private bank owned by Israel, by Jewish, by Israelis, by the Israeli family, by the Rothschild by the Golden Sachs, by most of the owners, except for the Rockefellers, who are part, who have less than seven percent of the Federal Reserve, they are Jews. But that's beyond the point. 1914 comes. Woodrow Wilson becomes the president of the United States. The Jewish finances campaign. Then they come to the Congress. We have to legislate. Federal Reserve Bank shall be the one and only one. Uh, organ that can print money, that has the legal right for printing money. Right this law, it becomes a law. And the same thing about Quraysh. Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, Abu Ahmad, Abu Shurayq, Abu Rid bin Mughira, they write things right and left. Muhammad is insane, Bilal is a slave, this man can proceed in Quraysh, this woman shall go and, and sleep with that man before she marries him. Husband, these guys, they were idiots. And here Allah Azza wa Jal said, they are playing the role of God. Then what do you do? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Among all of these, these guys who are playing the role of God, these guys whom Allah Azza wa Jal will challenge them on the day of judgment and even in this life. But you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do what? And again, the third time since the revelation of the Quran that Allah is using the word sabr. And I will I want to conclude with this ayah and, and leave the rest for next time. But this is very important. In the Surah Al-Muddathir, Surah Al-Muddathir, where Allah says, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَصْبِرْ يا أيها المدثر قم فأنذر وربك فكبر وثيابك فطهر ولربك فاصبر فاصبر لربك فاصبر. So صبر the word صبر which is translated into patience. This is the worst translation you 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 could get ever for a word. Patience patience is the worst translation ever. For the word "sabr," and you'll see why now, because it's a term. It's not a word that you can simply just substitute. Be patient to your Rabb. Doesn't mean anything. In Surah Al-Mudathir, it says, "Li Rabbika fasbir." 
In Surah Al-Zammal it says, Fasbir sabran jameela. Asbir and bet you your sabr is beautiful. Sabr jameel. And here it says, Fasbir lihukmi rabbik. The same thing. One time it says, Lirabbika fasbir. For your rabb make sabr. Second surah it says, Make sabr, but make sure that your sabr is jameel. فاصبر على ما فاصبر على ما يقولون وهجرهم هجرا جميلا لا يتسيس فاصبر على ما يقولون وهجرهم هجرا جميلا اصبر for whatever they say and leave them in a nice manner وهجرهم هجرا جميلا here it says فاصبر بحكم ربك so what is this صبر that Allah عز وجل استلم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم from day one to two in the first one as I as I mentioned when he says ولربك فاصبر الصبر is to continue doing whatever you are doing. As-sabr, sabr, steadfast, steadfast, be on the same, whatever you are doing now, just do it. Persistence. So be persistent, be consistent, continue doing whatever you are doing, that is sabr. Because sometimes patience can carry some pain within it. Like I can, be patient, just wait. Because the word be patient means wait. Sabr doesn't mean wait. A sabr doesn't mean wait. A sabr means continue doing whatever you're doing and do not give up. But the first one says, Fasbir, Walirabbika Fasbir. Why would I, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa why should Muhammad go and challenge all these kuffar and mushrikeen? And if he goes to tell them about the Quran, they don't they put their fingers in their ear. They don't want to listen, like they did with Nuh alayhi salam. They put their ears, their fingers in their ear, was they put their clothes above their head, and they run away. Why should I continue? Why should I continue doing whatever I, I am doing? There, there has to be a reason. For, only for your Rabb. Because Allah, because Allah Azza wa Jal is your Rabb, then continue to do whatever you are doing for the sake of Allah not for the sake of anything because if you are doing it for the sake of victory for the sake of achieving goals and you don't see with your own eyes that your goals are achievable then you won't do it you know like if I'm giving some taking some exam in math I did the first exam I flunk I take the second time I flunk third time I go to a tutor he teaches me then I flunk then I realize I cannot do it. Then I just give up. Then I go and change my specialty. I said, come on, come on, I cannot do that. Why should I do it? Then at the beginning, I did it because I thought I can do it. Second time I did it, it's a second try. Third time, or my dad says, you better do it. So I do it because of my dad. Then the fourth, at, at the end of the day, well, my dad, I cannot satisfy my dad forever because my dad's opinion can change. But for Allah Azza wa Jalla, He's telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, continue doing whatever you are doing, despite the fact that you may fail once, you may fail twice, they may reject you now, they may reject you tomorrow, but for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jalla. But Allah is your Rabb, and He doesn't let you down. Allah is your Rabb, and He doesn't change His mind, because He's Allah, and He's not limited, He's absolute, and therefore, you can do the sabr for the sake of Allah irrespective of the objectives. 
So that one in Surah Al-Mutathir is telling, for the sake of Allah, for the sake of your Rabb, stand up and all of these, for Allah Azza wa Jal, you stand up, for Allah Azza wa Jal, you make takbir, you make yourself clean, pure, etc. All of these, and you leave everything that's haram, and stay doing whatever you want for the sake of Allah. In Surah al muzammil he is giving him a little bit of, uh, of flavor to it. وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Because they are going to say a lot. They will say you are crazy, they will say you are insane, they will say you are sahar, you are magician, they will say you are idiot, they will say all types of things about you. They will say that you womanize like those idiot ones in the movies, that you are uh, uh, a person of slavery, you like to, to abuse people. They say all types of things. Asbar. Continue doing whatever you're doing despite what they say. Irrespective of what they say, they, they are going to call you terrorists. They will call you fundamentalists. They will call you fanatic. They will call you backward. They will call you reactionary. They will call you uh, all types of names. They will call you that you are going to take us back, like when we talk about Khilafah. They say, oh brother, you will take us 1400 years ago. We're back. We can't go back in history. We want to move. So they are making claims that you want to take us back in history. We want to bring Islam back and to live under Islam. Oh, that's an old thing. Oh, that means you will bring all our women under chadar and all of this. All of these old things. They will put all types of things so that they will deviate you, they will make you stop doing whatever you want. But Fasbar, here in Surah Al-Muzam, it says, Fasbar ala ma Here, he says, Fasbar lihukmi rabbik. For the judgment of your Rabb. Ah, here comes the objective. You know, because Fasbar, continue doing whatever you are doing until Allah Azza wa Jal provides victory. Actually, when I said that hukum, victory, one of the Mufassirin from the second century of victory, one of all those Mufassirin, he said, Fasbir bihukm rabbik, Fasbir li nasri rabbik. It says, Fasbir for the nasr, for the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal. Most of the Mufassirin, they said, Fasbir for the judgment of Allah Azza wa Jal. Or Fasbir for the decree, whatever Allah Azza wa Jal, for the qada Allah. Which is anything. Whatever comes from Allah Azza wa Jal, whatever things turn out to be, Fasbir, Fasbir means continue doing whatever you are doing. Be persistent, don't give up. Any of your ideas, your concepts, your struggles, don't give them up until, because li it means until. This L in Arabic, although it's one, 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 one character, li hukmi, in this case, until something happens. You make sabr until the victory of Allah Azza wa comes, until the judgment of Allah Azza wa comes, until the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal comes. Until things from Allah Azza wa Jal materializes, continue doing whatever you are doing. And that's what we tell the people today in their struggle. In Syria, in Egypt, in all of these places, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, in, in, in Myanmar. Be on the right path. Just stay doing whatever Allah Azza wa Jal told you to do. And the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal will come. And you do it because of Allah Azza wa Jal. And you do it despite of what they say. So these are three notions of sabr. 
Make sabr because of Allah Azza wa Jal only for Allah. Make sabr despite of what you are being labeled with and make sabr until the judgment and the decree and the victory from Allah Azza wa Jal comes. What a marvelous way of defining sabr in the first few surahs that were revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we sometimes we read the whole Quran from A to Z, from Al-Fatiha to Al-Nas, from Al-Baqarah to Al-Nas, and we continue to say when somebody makes, uh, like the other day when the, the videos came out, people come, brothers, be patient. But what does be patient mean? Make sabr. Make sabr what? Define to me what is sabr. Go back to the first surahs of the Quran, and you will find that uh, sabr, in order to make the sabr, you have to understand. I'm making sabr for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. I'm making sabr despite of what the people say, and I'm making sabr until the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal comes. And in all of these, making sabr means I continue to do whatever I'm supposed to do. I continue to do whatever I am told to do by Allah Azza wa Jal. I continue to propagate Islam the way Allah Azza wa Jal wants it. I continue to call for Islam the way Allah Azza wa Jal wants it until the victory of Allah comes and despite of what they say and for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal So this issue of sabr here, I can't find any more marvelous way of putting it in these three consecutive surahs for Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because he needed it. Especially starting up, you need that. Doing the work in, in the environment we are doing, you need that. فَصْبَرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ فَصْبَرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ فَصْبَرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَصْبَرْ And I will stop with this notion of sabr and we will have uh, four left in this uh, in this surah. جزاكم الله خيرا. Very good question. Al-Quran revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be conveyed to people. Revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to be conveyed and given to people. So it applies to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to all the people, to all the people that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was supposed to convey to them. In fact, although Although the Quran was still a few ayat revealed and Islam was still weak as I said, in the early, early surahs, like this surah of Qalam, Allah concludes this surah, which is the last ayah which I will talk about at length next time. وَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ This, what I am revealing is a thicker, it's, it's a memorandum, it's a memorandum for all worlds, for all worlds. And this was also in Surah Al-Muddathan, at the end, Dhikrun Lil'alameen. So right from the very beginning, still, I am talking to you, O Muhammad, but this, what I am saying, is for all worlds, for all worlds. And worlds here has meaning, and I will go about that later. But in general, at least for now, for all the people. So whatever is in the Qur'an is for the people. And the people who are addressed by the Qur'an are the alam. 
the Alam means the world at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the world today and the world tomorrow. And that is the, the, the beauty of using Al-Alameen plural sense of the word Alam. Alam means world. So all worlds, whether it's the world of today or yesterday, or the world that will come later on, or the world that we know or the world that we don't know, it doesn't matter. At some point will be discovered certain type of worlds, it applies to them. So the when Allah is putting these words in these general terms, they do apply. So when Allah says, Fadarni wal mukadibin, I will deal with anyone who deny who reject, who try to stop this message. That applies. That applies to Quraysh and applied to Pharaoh at the time of Musa and applies to the Tawud or to the tyrants of today, the ones who try to stop Islam and reject it, the secularists, the capitalists, the uh, so-called the ones who call for uh, uh, non-Islamic systems. It applies because it's it says, Verdi wa Whoever denies this hadith, whoever denies the right for this hadith means the Quran, by the way, not the hadith of the Sunnah. Because this hadith, hadith, this talk, or this discourse, or this statement, or this uh, this discussion, which is the Quran. Anyone who denies this, anyone who rejects, anyone who stops it, anyone who stops its provocation, anyone who, who does not want it to, to prevail, I will take care of them. In general, whether it's Quraysh at the time or the uh, today, the so-called the secular world of the... Remember I mentioned the statement, there's the Rand Corporation, they made uh, a report, it's very well famous, called the Rand Report, I think it was 2009, uh, where they talked about the about Islam and the type of people that exist in Islam. They said there are this category of people who want Islam to be a moderate religion which coexists with all religions and systems and coexists with all the democracies, capitalism, nationalism, they are regular people. Those are our allies, our friends, and we, we love them, and we have to build networks to encourage them and to strengthen their, 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 their existence. And those who want Islam to be in a ruling position and to bring the so-called Islamic system, political system of Islam, Khilafah of Islam, those are enemies, and we shall not allow them to prevail. Explicitly. In the run, you, you search it, Google it, you'll find it. It's uh, the, the Rand Report. There is another similar one by the Heritage Foundation, uh, which is another think tank in the, in the US. They explicitly say, any Muslim, any Muslim, who is a moderate Muslim, who calls for the coexistence of Islam with all other religions and systems, is our friend and shall be celebrated. And any Muslim, any Muslim who thinks of Islam as an ideology, is our enemy until the end of this war. Explicit, it's not, it's, those are not my terms. There could be probably, maybe I'm soft with these because I don't, I don't know those harsh words they use in English. But that's exactly what they say. So the, the Quran says, 
Allah says, I will deal with anyone who makes these claims. It applies to them, it applies to Abu Lahab, it applies to Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, it applies to the, to the kings of Saudi Arabia, to the kings of Jordan, to the kings of the Emirates, applies to them because they vow. They vow. In fact, there's a statement by the uh, King Abdul Aziz, the father of Al Saud, who, who says about uh, the, uh, the British and their, their struggle to put Islam out. He says, what we have done, what we have done is way beyond what anyone else can do about the so-called the return of the Islamic State and the Islamic Caliphate to this world. Because remember the time when he came into existence, it was the time when they, they kicked out the Khilafah. Abdul Aziz and Hussein bin Ali and, and the Hashim. So his claim is that what we have done is way beyond what even the British could have done against the Khilafah. So it does apply to al Saud, And it does apply to all those who stop the rise of Islam. And we see examples in our own eyes. See what has happened to, to in Egypt, Hosni Mubarak. Qaddafi, he had said in, with his own words that those who are calling for Islam, the revival of Islam, those are corrupt, those are against my, my country, those are traitors, those are their only punishment shall be death. He said the only punishment to these people shall be death. So, the Quran is general. And if we read the Quran, that oh, it only applies to Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, and Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab are gone, are dead, that means the Quran is dead. SubhanAllah, we cannot do that. The Quran is alive. The Quran continues to be alive today, continues to be alive until the day of judgment. It talks to me today, it will talk to my children, it will talk to my... In fact, when you read the Quran, if you don't think that this Quran is talking to you, you are out of it. Yes. A good question? Okay. You want to speak on his behalf? Okay. But a very big question. Okay. She's saying, what do we do to have some system back? She's saying that? Yes. Man. I would allow you to answer this system. Well. She's shy. Well, the way the Quran started, and the way Muhammad started this, is number one, number one, to understand that this Islam, this Islam is the Islam of Allah it's not mine. And it's his order, it's his order, that this Islam should prevail. So I am doing things based on his request. It's not my deen, that's what Allah kept Muhammad it's your Rabb that has to be greater. It's your Rabb that you have to make sorry. Uh, so knowing that this is for my Rabb, it's not mine. That's number one. Because if I think it's mine, then I can play with it. I can tune it. I can change it. I can, just like the Jews did with their deen. They thought it's their deen. It's not mine. This is the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. 
that's not number one, we have to understand it. It's the deal of Allah Azza wa Jalla, which has to prevail. Number two, number two, in calling, in general, while I'm calling for this Islam to be implemented, to return, there will be all types of bargains. There will be all types of bargains, like the Quran says, what do you do to They will bargain with you on all types of things. Just tune down, uh, change something, give up some, something, some part of this deal. We cannot do it. I can do no bargains, I can do no giving up, no compromises, nothing. This is not my deal, as I mentioned. Number three, number three. In this struggle, in order to bring this Islam back, the ones that stop, the ones who are you have to struggle with are not the ones who don't believe in it. It's not the ones you don't get in a struggle with all the world because all the world many people don't believe in Islam. It's the rejectors. So you aim the struggle at the ones who reject the deal, the rejectors, and the ones who are trying to stop you. So it's not like talk about in the Middle East and the place where I come from. Many people in the country, they have been raised, educated as secularists, naive Muslims. Uh, they don't think of Islam as being the system of the deen. Fine. But the ones who try by all means to stop the implementation of Islam and the return of Islam are the ones who are in power, the ones who are in charge. These are not the regular people. Although the regular people are not part of the call for Islam, that's true. Just like in Quraysh. In Quraysh, in, in Mecca, many people, more, the majority of the people are kuffar. The majority, except for those who follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the Quran was directing those specific statements to the deniers, the rejectors, al-mukaddimin, the elites, the malad. Those are the terms of the Quran. So that is a third part of this way to return to, to, to get the system in Islam back. And then, then of course, we have to know, which is knowledge now, what is it that Islam that will want back? So we, we, we get focused. If you think that this Islam that needs to be, that you need to bring back, it's the, all of it, in all different directions, then you will spend the rest of your life and you will not finish. You're not finished because at some point you must focus on the return of a certain element of Islam that allows everything else to proceed. Ah, what is it? What is it then that you have to focus on to get back so that everything in Islam proceeds? Is it masajid or when we tried that? We built so many masajid. But masajid does not bring finances behind it. What is it? Is it getting the women to wear Islamic dresses? Oh, we did that in many places in the world. Muslim women are decent and they're, it didn't work. It doesn't bring things behind it. It's one element at a time. But then the only thing that is upon which the rest of Islam depends is the Islamic, when we say system, then there is one point, which is the Islamic state, which is the imam. Because there is an Imam, there is a Khalifa. If you focus on bringing that element so that it becomes upon, upon 
upon that so many other things depend, then you can do it. So that's there, there was the focus on what is it that you want to work for. In order to, to get all the efforts concentrated so that we get done. Because if we get all our efforts concentrated in order to build a masjid in zero ground in New York, we can. At the end of the day, we can. We might be able to do that, get money, get lobbying, etc. We will build a masjid, which is a high-rise masjid. And then what? In the world today, the number of there is. I go to my small village, there are about 10 masajid in a small village. There are, some of them are less than 500 meters apart. There are. So, so it's, the idea here is we have to focus. It's not that prayer is not important. No, of course, prayer and masajid is the Rebajuddin. Jihad is the, uh, the highest pillar in, in, in the deen. All of these are important. But the thing upon which everything else depends in Islam is that entity which is called the Islamic State. In fact, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the 13 years in his da'wah of Mecca, eventually it culminated the fruit of that da'wah. Which sometimes you say, what is the end result of the 13 years of Mecca? He has done many things in Mecca. But there is something that you can say, there is an end of an era. That era ended with its objective. After 13 years, what happened? They call the Mecca period, correct? So in Mecca, he did all types of things. We can look at those in the Sirah and in this Surah. But then, what is it that culminated that effort? What is it that came out of those 13 years? It is a nucleus state in Medina by which Muhammad وسلم, became the one and only one ruler in Medina. And Islam has become now dominant. So there is a 13 of efforts that ended up in a certain result. So we have to focus like Muhammad وسلم, so that not necessarily in 13 years, but in X number of years, we must achieve, achieve and reach that Thanks for the question, um, sister. Mashallah. I like that scar, subhanAllah. Any other word? Yes. Um, the, uh, Muslims are when you see that uh, scholars have different opinions, and between two scholars, there's a basically complete contradiction when it comes to a particular understanding of the issue. How uh, is it the majority of us who do not have the knowledge or the, the, uh, the, the knowledge of the sciences in order to evaluate those opinions when we have encountered this kind of a situation where we have two different opinions? I mean, it's like one is saying it's halal and the other is saying haram. What is the duty of a layperson that he, uh, in order to resolve this contradiction, like which opinion is the strongest, what are the steps to be taken? Because there is an understanding that leave it to the professionals, as they say, yeah. when it comes to the opinions, and then you just pick up whichever you feel is right. So how should you be looking at it, okay. going about uh, 
The question is, when there are two different opinions by Mujtahideen or Fuqaha or scholars, uh, and I, as a lay uh, person who may not have enough knowledge or tools to realize what is right or is wrong, what is the burden of me? What do I have to do in order to, and which opinion to follow and how do I, how do I proceed in this, uh, in this manner? Well, uh, this question is too general, and, I will, and it's, it's an important one. Number one, if the issue has to do with aqeedah, with iman, if the issue has to do with aqeedah, with iman, this is your iman, this is not his or his. So this is personal. So you must make sure that this idea, this concept you are believing in is correct. Because in the Iman issue, if you happen to believe in something wrong, idea that is wrong, belief, it doesn't help to say, oh, I got this from my friend. Because the Quran is very specific about this. Those who have been told, why have you believed in this or that, they say, oh, these are my parents. And he tells them, Maybe your parents did not rationalize. So that doesn't take the burden of your shoulder. So if the issue has to do with aqidah, we have no other choice but to teach ourselves to the point where I understand and believe that what I have believed, believed in is correct. So we have to raise our knowledge. So we cannot be excused if what we believe in is wrong. Now, if it turns out to be that I am taking something from you and what you have is right, then I'm lucky. Then by luck, I'm a good believer, or I'm believing in good and correct things. But if it turns out that I take it from someone and it turns out to be wrong, man, I'm deep wrong. And it doesn't help to say, oh, I got it from someone, somewhere else. That's aqidah. But in ahkam, which has to do with behavior, with acts, like how do I pray, how do I fast, whether I vote or I don't vote, uh, whether uh, I stand up for what, for an oppressive ruler, or I uh, stand with him, because those are opinions that exist in the Muslim societies. Those are acts, and those depends, because those require so-called ijtihad and ijtihad, is a delicate issue. Now, going back to the aqidah issue, our aqidah, Allah Azza wa made it simple. Our aqidah is not complicated. Our aqidah, you believe in the Quran, it's from Allah Azza wa That's not very difficult. Believe that Allah is the one and only one God, that He doesn't have associates. It's not simple that Muhammad, the Prophet is a messenger. We believe in angels. There are, in aqidah, things can be verified easily. Those are not difficult ones. But in, in, in the ahkam, sometimes they become delicate because maybe a hukum relies on a hadith. And the hadith, you don't know it or I don't know it. Somebody found it in all books of history, so he knows the hadith. So that makes it a little bit more difficult for me to verify. However, now, in the best case, in the best case, I have to exert an effort as a Muslim, to understand the reasons, the reason of the mujtahid. Especially, especially
especially if I have the ability to analyze and rationalize. Like I'm a, let's say I'm a professor of computer science. So I cannot claim that somebody is giving me an opinion about riba and I cannot analyze his reason. Somebody tells me, you know, in this country, the riba, part of it goes as taxes, part of it goes for, uh, uh, it will be returned as part of your tax, or so maybe the 7% riba you eventually pay only 2.5%. So it's not that big of a riba. So somebody giving me this reason, okay, and therefore it's halal, it's okay. Or somebody says, if you buy one house, finance one house, and riba it's okay, but if you do two, the second one for investment, that's not allowed. Okay, now, maybe someone who's, who doesn't even do the good school at all, so he's absolutely, he cannot follow reasoning, he will say, okay, this sheikh told me that, so I'll follow him. But for me, as a, a person of knowledge, I, I have a PhD in computer science. I was able to go to school and I can read and I can analyze, I can get results. And I say, oh, this sheikh told me that, so I take it. I think I'll be hiding behind an ignorance that I do not qualify to. Not everybody qualifies to be ignorant. Because ignorance, sometimes it becomes a privilege. Not everybody can qualify, can get that privilege to be ignorant. I cannot. It's, way, it's beyond that. I, I, I already lost my right to be ignorant. Okay? Now, in the Muslim Ummah, many, the majority of the people in the Muslim Ummah do not qualify to be ignorant. So that's said. It means that at least I have to be able to analyze. If somebody tells me, this is right, this is halal, I say, okay, give me your reason. I don't know the reason. Give me your reason. Give me your dalils. Give me the hadith. Tell me how you arrived at this conclusion. And then I will be able to, at least with certain, certain degree, to either accept or reject. And then after that, if I accept based on my best understanding that it's okay, I'm okay. But if I accept it because, because it coincides with my desire. You know, there are two opinions. One of them is, you know, because I, I keep bringing this example about financing with riba because it's very important. And uh, I, I want to buy a house. I really would like to buy a house. And there are two opinions. One of them is saying that financing with riba is haram and one is uh, half and half. So they said, okay, the one you want half and half, tell me your reasons, brother. He gives me a couple of reasons. And, you know what, that's okay. So I get, I know this opinion because I want to buy it. It's not because I'm convinced. I make, I pretend to be convinced. And then I say, okay, it's an opinion. And I met many people, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an opinion by a sheikh. It doesn't matter whether it's halal or not. And he gives me his reasons and I take it. The moment my hawa, my desire comes into play, that is hard. That's the We have to be very careful. In fact, many, the Sahaba and the Tabi'in, they used to leave 75%, Thalath Arba'ul Halal. Somebody tells them this is halal, they would just stay away from it. 
because they don't want their hawa to be there because they were afraid that it matches their desire. So even it's halal, I'm not going to do it. It's not that they say it's haram, I will just abstain. Just So we need to develop this value that my taqwa has to be there. But nevertheless, uh, in, especially in the US here, I don't buy the fact that I have to leave it to the professionals. Because I am a professional. I'm not a professional is not the one who studied Sharia. See the whole issue of Ijtihad is a method of analysis. Just analysis. Anyone, any Muslim, anyone who has gone through college in this country, who has learned how to make surveys, who has learned how to write papers, who has learned how to read papers, who has wrote many types of different research things, should be able, should be able to follow what the Sheikh says. Should be able to follow. And, and not only that, if I am a sheikh, I am a alim, and I tell you, just follow me and don't, don't uh, check after me, that in itself, then that discredits me. It immediately discredits me. But if I tell you, this is opinion, that's what Islam says, and this is how you get to find out whether it's correct or not. I should be able to teach you to understand what I am saying. This is how we, if you read Shafi, I read, I used to read and still do whenever I want to go I go to the book of Al-Om. I like Al-Om of the Shafi more than anything else. Because the Shafi, when he is deriving the hukum, he is teaching you how he derived the hukum. He doesn't simply say, this is the hadith and the ayah and all these, they mean this. No, no, no. He says, this hadith means the following because. And you cannot argue against it because the second argument fails according to the following criteria. He brings all the criteria that, that, that goes against his argument to tell you why it stands or doesn't stand. So he's teaching you how to criticize him. And how to stand up against his own statement because he knows what he's saying. He's not afraid of what he's saying. And the moment I start saying, leave it to me, I was in one of the messages in a place, and the guy was saying, don't make fatwas, don't follow fatwas, just take from the sheikh the way it is. If you don't have a sheikh, you don't have a deen. Come on, that's not correct. That's not correct. You don't have a deen if you don't follow Allah That's the only criteria. It's not because we follow the Sheikh or not. The Sheikh should not stand between me and Allah Azza The Sheikh should teach me how to be closer to Allah The Alim should teach me how to be closer to Allah Azza He cannot be a barrier between me and Allah. And this is one of the most important reasons why the Muslim Ummah had declined in the last 200 years. Because in the last 200 years, the Sheikhs, the ulama, the scholars, they became a block between the Ummah, between the people, and their God. This was, that, that's how Christianity turned out to be, uh, and they lost their ground in Europe, when the popes and the priests, they became the, the, the uh, links between the people and Allah and God, and Allah Azzawajal. Then the people eventually, they were no longer Christians. The people, they were no longer Christians. They were followers of the priests and the, and the, uh, uh, and the popes. 
And with the priests and the popes, they went astray, the people were lost. So then by the same token, yes, there is taqlid in Islam. There is taqlid, there is imitation, but imitation with knowledge. With knowledge. I follow you, but you have to teach me what is your method. Don't leave me ignorant. As I mentioned earlier, in, in, uh, in response to this question, we do not qualify to be ignorance. Ignorance, ignorance is a great privilege. It's a great privilege, just like like being insane, uh, uh, you know, someone who doesn't have a brain. It's a great privilege because you will not be asked by Allah Azza You go to Jannah directly. But we don't qualify to be ignorant. Like I'm retarded. I don't qualify to be retarded because I'm not. I have a brain and I have knowledge. And I did not grow in the mountains of Malka, my village, behind the sheep, where I did not attend the schools. I did attend the schools. And I did read. I read the Quran. I read the Hadith. And I can do analysis. And there is a proof because I have a PhD. You have engineering degree. He is about to do his computer science or his education or philosophy or each one of us here has a degree. We have proven that we are able to read, analyze, do research and get to conclusions. Why in the world I cannot get a conclusion on the issue of election? You tell me this is, you, if you don't elect you are doomed, you go to hell. This is how. How? Why? Tell me why. It could be right, but show me. Show me with evidences that this is the case. And I can rationalize. I'm not idiot. Or do not assume. See, because what really helps me a lot sometimes that someone who stands, who sits here, or on the member, he assumes that the people in front of him, 2,000 people or more, and that they are ignorant. So he just brings dumps ideas, dumps ideas, and he assumes no one is going to check behind him. Or to rationalize. That's not right. That's not how Islam is. When Umar stood up one day and he said, I have been told that the, the dowry for women is becoming too large and our men are not, are not able to marry or to refrain from marriage because of the dowry. So we have to put a limit. We have to put a limit to this. He is trying to solve a problem. Now this is Umar talking to thousands of Muslims, all Muslims in Medina, men and women. A woman who heard him, she approached him, whether it's the same time or after, she said, how is it to limit something that Allah did not put, put a limit to? He said, in the Quran, Allah says, وَإِنْ آتَيْتُمْ إِحْدَاهُنَّ قِنْطَارًا And qintar is means tons of gold, ton. And ton means unlimited. No one is going to give a ton of gold. Ton of gold. 1,000 kilograms of gold. Let's say that's too much. Allah says, if you pay dowry as qintar, and here you, Umar, you want to say, just make it two kilograms to limit it. How dare you? He pulled back. He said, I'm sorry. Umar is wrong. Again, this is an example. And this is woman. And a woman also, a woman, in the Quran, this is not in, in the narrations of Umar, because somebody would come and say, 
brother but the story is not authentic and we can argue about authenticity for a couple of hours but this is the Quran now in the Quran there's a surah called Al-Mujahid a woman comes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says Ya Rasulullah my husband he made a statement against me that he doesn't want to live with me as a wife and he's not divorcing me it's called Zihar you, he told his wife, I will deal with you just like my mom, my mother. But she's not divorced. So she came to the Prophet And the Prophet told her, your husband is too old. Just be nice to him. She said, that's not what I want. I want a rule. I want a rule from Allah that tells me whether it's valid or invalid. Don't tell me how to be to my wife, to my husband. I know how to deal with my husband. But I want a rule. This she argued with the Prophet She wanted a rule from Allah Azza wa And Allah revealed the sword. Called Al-Mujadir. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِرُ كَفِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ Allah has heard the woman who was arguing you with you about her husband. And she is complaining to Allah Azza wa And here is what Allah Azza wa says. So a woman in the Muslim society, because in our society sometimes they say, oh, women don't know. So they don't even have the right to be out of the scope of knowledge. So we have to know, and we have to rationalize, and we have to think. It's not that there is a difference between rationalize to extract the rule, to make ijtihad. I'm not saying you cannot make ijtihad unless you are able to. But at least if I make the ijtihad, I already made the effort, so now I've done it. So you should be able to understand what I have done. That's all I'm saying. Because sometimes some people say, oh, the brother is calling everybody to be a mujtahid. That's not true. I'm not saying that. Not everybody can be a mujtahid. A mujtahid means the one who can derive a word. That's a tedious process. It requires good knowledge and effort and dedication. It can be done. You can acquire, but it requires a big process. But if I do the HDM, if I have the ability, and I have done the effort, and I made the dedication, I've done all of that, from this time on, you did not do the HDM, but at least you have the privilege and the right and the duty and the responsibility of understanding how I have done it. That's not difficult. That's not out of the world. And that should be do should be done by everyone who has the ability to think and rationalize and research, which is us, all of us. In this country, Muslims in this country, I would be very surprised if there is one who does not qualify to be able to analyze. Muslims. I haven't seen yet a Muslim here in this country who does not have enough knowledge to do good analysis. Right? Tell me if there is. Maybe there are some from. There is percentage of people who don't have tools, knowledge tools, but not the Muslims. Yes.
says طلب العلم فريضة seeking the knowledge of the علم is an obligation of every Muslim male or female which is true that means that means you don't have the right to be to be ignorant you must have the knowledge so if somebody doesn't have enough knowledge and he has the the ability then he is Following an assembly, not having the knowledge. That's in general. Although this hadith applies to the certain type of knowledge which is called there are certain necessities that everybody must know. There are certain, like aqidah, things which we do on a daily basis, like prayer, fasting, zakah, hajj. Certain rules, uh, rules of, let's say, when somebody gets married, he must have the know the rules of, uh, uh, of treating the, the woman. He must have the rules of uh, uh, for the children. When the person becomes uh, adult, he must know the rules of the husband. So there are things which are called You must learn things which you you need in your life as a Muslim. Oh, so that's that becomes a fault because if you don't know it and you you fail in a sin because of the lack of knowledge that's uh, that's hard that's not allowed okay thank you for listening to this podcast podcasts on current events islamic guidance quran tafsir and sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.